When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. My name is Jason, and with me as usual, Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, what's going on? Not a whole lot. You know, we're just... Um, you know, enjoying some very interesting NBA playoffs. Uh, it's been a weird season. I think we're going to be talking about some of the odd things that have happened uh, this season, including a, a scoring explosion fairly soon. But I think, first of all, we are going to uh, take some time to talk about a recent loss that we've had in the NBA community. Of course, talking about the great Willis Reed, the great Knicks captain, uh, one of the best big men of his generation who passed away a few weeks ago, March 21st, 2023, and uh, wanted to take some time to look at some of the best and most important games in his career. Yeah, yeah. We, we originally wanted to do an episode like a couple of days after uh, he had passed away, but you, you were gone on a vacation, then I was gone on a vacation, and then the timing just didn't quite work out. Uh, but we didn't want to skip this over because we, we've always, you know, tried to do when, when guys of this magnitude pass away, we always try to do an episode like this. And, you know, we had discussed, hey, you know, is it is it too late to go back to the Willis Reed? And it's it's just it's not because Willis Reed is just an incredible player, uh, an all time great. And he absolutely, absolutely deserves uh, this type of episode, even if it is, you know, a month or so after he actually passed away. But I, I don't think that is as important as, you know, giving him the spotlights uh, that we're going to do here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, just some of the basics, you know, he was the MVP of 1970, seven-time All-Star, five times All-NBA, including one time on the first team, twice was a finals MVP. We'll get, of course, born to his finals theatrics. Um, Average 18.7 points per game and 12.9 rebounds per game in his career. He was inducted into the Naismith Hall of Fame in 1982, was named one of the top 50 greatest in 1997, Joined the Knicks in the 1965 season, having been a star at Grambling. I uh, was the actually the 10th overall pick, which meant he was first in the second round. I was, <laughs> right. I, it's always right. funny because, you know, I've always I, I've always heard uh, it's like, ah, you know, he's a second round pick or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty impressive. And it's like, oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's 10th overall. Yeah. Like, that's not, right. you know, yeah. it's not a second. I mean, they're not all made the same, but it's like, oh, man, what a steal. I mean, it's true that every team passed up on him. But, yeah, it is kind of sure. funny that, uh, yeah, in, in, in 1965, the 10th overall pick is in the, first, in the, in the second round. But, you know, right. that yeah. was a the league then. So that was nice teams yes uh, soon to get much larger of course uh, but yeah it was definitely motivated you know to outplay the number one overall pick jim bad news barnes and he won rookie of the year that season 
Was and he was he always he didn't come into the league as Bad News Barnes, right? No, no. So, he was okay, Jim Barnes so, then, right? <laughs> yeah, Jim Barnes. No, so um, he actually was he was the original Bad News Barnes. I know Bob Ryan likes to talk about how Marvin Barnes was not actually the real Bad News yeah, Barnes. Right. Jim Barnes was the real Bad News Barnes. So I, I don't I did not look into it to see exactly when he got the Bad News Barnes um, name. We'll have to we'll have to take that one up as a. Uh, a takeaway item. See if we can uh, determine when he re- when he when he got that name. Because well, I would assume you know that would be kind of a playoff of bad news bears. But bad news bears was later, so there must have been some sort of bad news that was happening. That um, you know, I don't know. Good question. Yeah, no idea. But uh, I, I did right. uh, I did I did find out that uh, he uh, has a barbecue sauce or had a barbecue sauce called Bad News Barbecue Sauce, which was sold in oh. the. Uh, Washington DC area. So maybe we'll try to get that. It says, uh, I wanted to market something so people who were allergic to tomatoes, uh, to tomatoes could enjoy smoke grilled food. So there you go. Mm. Uh, trying to make something for people allergic to tomatoes. So good for that. Unrepresented community, right? there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. The listless Knicks, they started to show improvement in Reed's third season. They had their first playoff appearance since 1959. Uh, with the core of Willis Reed, of course, uh, his fellow big man, Walt Bellamy, who had come over from the uh, the Packers slash Baltimore Bullets uh, franchise. Uh, they had also a veteran guard, Dick Barnett, Dick Van Arsdale, and Cassie Russell. Things would change a little bit, but they would kind of progress slowly. They'd get their first winning record in a decade in the next season as Red Holzman would take over as coach. Rookies Walt Frazier, Bill Bradley, and Phil Jackson would join the squad. That's, that's a good three a trio of rookies to join your team. That's Walt Frazier, Bill Bradley, and Phil Jackson. That'll turn yeah. things around. You had those three yeah. to your team. That that might help them uh, get a little bit better on the court, if I don't say my, so myself. It, it did, in fact, yes. Things really came together the next season, 1969. Dave DeBuscher, he was tr- he was acquired from the Pistons for Walt Bellamy and Howard Comives. The young Knicks won 54 games, took the Celtics, the the champion Celtics at the end of their dynasty, the six games in the East Finals. At this point, Reed was already a Knicks legend. He had three All-NBA appearances, five All-Star appearances, but in 1970, he became a New York City immortal. He won the MVP, won the All-Star MVP, led the Knicks to their first championship in a seven-game classic against the Los Angeles Lakers. But, you know, and we're going to talk more about oh, yeah. it later, but that inspiring moment. That is one of the 10 games we're going to talk about, believe it or not. If, well, when you when you, yeah. when you went when you clicked this episode, you said, man, I hope that they touch on uh, Willis Reed in the 1970 NBA Finals. Yeah. Uh, do not worry. We will. So there you wait, go. Wait, we, we might mention. Yeah, we might. We might. It's, it's toward the bottom of our list of, of games. Sure. But yeah, sure. we'll, we'll match. Sure. Or wait. No. Sorry. It's at the top. Sorry. Oh, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I regret to inform you, Jason. It's actually at the top. But we'll, we'll okay. get to that. Thank you. Thank you for informing me that. Um, dramatically limping onto the Madison Square Garden court. Uh Huge ovation from the crowd, despite a torn thigh muscle, hits the first two shots in game seven, an inspirational, you know, inspires his team and the crowd. One of the most dramatic moments in NBA history. You know, how much he actually contributed to that win? Debatable, but absolutely an incredible moment. Yeah, theatrics count here. And and that yeah. is, that's got all the theatrics. It's got Madison right. Square Garden. It's got New York City. It's got him hitting those first two shots. We'll talk about the game itself. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a moment. And I, I think I put my notes that's at 
equal points underrated and overrated. Like it's it's exactly in that weird sense where like some people way 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 overrate it and some people way way underrate it. And I think it's probably right in the middle where it's just a really really cool moment that everybody needs to kind of understand well, how big of a deal it was at the time. We'll we'll, we'll do a I think we'll do a good job of trying to tell you you know why maybe co- contribution wise it's not a big deal, but why you know psyche wise, mental wise, you know pumping up the team wise, leadership wise, it, it all kind of worked out for the Knicks. And they won oh, the freaking yeah. title, so you know yeah, that helps yeah. too. You can't you can't argue with that. And you know, as as professional wrestling fans, you know, uh, understanding the you know the drama that can yeah, come in a surprise right. moment, you know, and and how like you know that can be more memorable than you know the, even the result of a game. Now, obviously, he comes out, he does that, the Knicks lose. Not quite as <laughs> right. We're not talking about it today. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. Uh, probably not. As not. Much, but it, but it is certainly that standalone. Just the the drama and the passion and the just the way it made people feel, regardless of the result. The way that it made people feel, it yeah. still it hits home for sure. Absolutely. So uh, Reed is going to have one more All Star season in 1971. Uh, the Knicks are going to be bounced by the Baltimore Bullets in the playoffs that year. And unfortunately, now is when things start to kind of go south on Willis's uh, career. Uh, his injuries limit him to only 11 games in the 1972 season. And then in a lesser role in the 1973 Knicks, he does help the team avenge the prior year's loss to the Lakers. Uh, he's again uh, limited by injuries in 1974 and then announces retirement that September. So he gets the title in 1973 as a lesser role, not as the top, top guy in the team, but still an important part of the team. Obviously gets it in 1970 as the man, as, as the top guy in the team. But uh, yeah, again, it's very short thereafter. 74, he's again limited and he announces his retirement then. Uh, not long after the Knicks uh, retire his number 19 jersey, uh, the first to ever be retired by the franchise as well, October 21st, 1976. Uh, and then he takes over for Red Holzman as Knicks coach in the 1978 season. Uh, it's a little bit of a controversy. People aren't quite sure if it's going to work out, and uh, it does not really work out. He leaves the role uh, after just over a season. Uh, they did. Uh, the Nets, though, the New Jersey Nets were like, you know what? Why don't we try it again? And they do it in 1988 and 89. They have him uh, be their head coach. Uh, then he becomes an executive, gets uh, goes up to the, the front office, and probably doesn't get a whole lot of love uh, for this round of, of of his his GMing. We'll talk about his executive career a little bit later. Uh, but as the Nets, you know, executive, he drafts Kenny Anderson and Derek Coleman. He trades for Drazen Petrovic, who obviously, you know, was on the Portland Trailblazers, and everybody kind of thought the guy was good. And everybody internationally was like, hey, this guy's really good. But the Trailblazers were the Trailblazers at the time. They didn't really need uh, a guy like a Drazen uh, Petrovic. So the Nets, you know, smartly pounce on it. Grab Drazen, and obviously, you know, who knows what could have been, but uh, the early returns were that Drazen, you know, was going to be really solid and, and maybe break out as a star in the NBA. But of course, you know, tragedy strikes, and, and, and we never really quite see that uh, with him. And then he also hires Chuck Daly as the coach, you know, post uh, Pistons run. Uh, for Chuck Daly. So uh, he bounced around a little bit. He ends his executive career with uh, the New Orleans Hornets. There's a Hornets team in New Orleans, apparently. Um, Jason, I didn't know that, but uh, yeah, uh, he does or, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, New Orleans Hornets. The Hornets of New Orleans. Okay, well, Hornets. all right. Sure. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe it. I don't. I don't remember, but I believe it. <laughs> I, I certainly. Yeah. I. I have no reason to not believe it, but I also. Don't really believe it, if that makes sense. No. You know, it, All right. It's... Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> but uh, there you go. So that's a quick little bio on uh, on, on Willis Reed. But uh, let's get into uh, top 10 games of his uh, his career. You ready to do that? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right. So we are going to do it. 1970 NBA Finals Game 7. Can you believe it? Yeah. We're going to do it. May 8th, 1970. Uh, like I said, it's a game in a moment that is equal parts overrated and underrated. Uh, to kind of set the stage there, Willis Reed thought to be out of the game due to a 
uh, muscle tear in his right thigh, which sounds very painful. And I probably yeah. am not playing an NBA basketball game with a, a muscle tear in my right thigh. That sounds like yeah. I'm not doing anything yeah. if I got a yeah. muscle tear in my right thigh. But uh, yeah. uh, he emerges from the tunnel to a huge ovation, limping like crazy. Uh, he does win the opening tip, scores the Knicks' first two baskets. Uh, his only two baskets of the game uh, for the record, but it doesn't matter because the Knicks win their first NBA championship, 113-98 over the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this moment is probably overrated in some ways because he scores only four points. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, yeah, he came out, he limped, he came out, and he scored four points. All right. And Walt Frazier, who has spent a lifetime of you know his his career trying to be like, hey, you know, I, I had 36 points and 19 assists that game. You know, like, yeah, Willis slipped out of the, the, the tunnel, but, you know, I had 36 and 19. Can I get a little love here? And he's right. And Walt Frazier is absolutely 100% right about that. But this moment is also kind of underrated because Reed's presence was so significant. Reed was the 1970 All Star game MVP, he was the regular season MVP, he was the heart and the soul of the Knicks. That's not taking anything away from Walt Frazier, not taking anything away from any of those other guys, but Willis Reed was the heart and soul of that team. So he tears his thigh muscle in game five. He sits out game six and Will Chamberlain took full advantage of this. He scored 45 points and grabbed 27 rebounds uh, to tie the series at three apiece in that game six. So obviously without Willis Reed, that was a pretty big thing. And and uh, Willis Reed always, you know, this is a quote that I, I was able to find for him. He says, I didn't want to have to look at myself in the mirror 20 years later and say, I wish I had tried to play. So he does play, and yeah, he's got an injury, and he's not scoring a whole lot, but he bothers Will Chamberlain enough. I mean, Chamberlain has a good game, but not a great one. 21 points, 24 rebounds, uh, 10 to 16 from the field. I mean, that's a very, very, very good game, but, you know, for Will Chamberlain, when he has 45 and 27 in game six, you know, 21 and 24, you, you'll live with that. You'll live with that for sure. Uh, one of the other major problems there is Chamberlain's free throw woes uh, came at the absolute worst time possible. He was one of 11. Uh, from the free throw line uh, in this game. And, and just to throw this in here, tortured soul Jerry West. He had 28 points and, you know, lost in game seven of the NBA finals for the, uh, believe the only time that ever, oh, wait, no, never mind. That happened a lot. <laughs> I'm now finding out that, no, in fact, Jerry West lost in a lot of game sevens and a lot of NBA finals. But, uh, yeah, uh, after the game, and this is a famous line as well that probably helps, you know, take on, like we said, there's there's a lot of pomp and circumstance and the moment sure. and all this sort of stuff. Howard Cosell's famous line, interviewing Willis Reed and says, Willis, you exemplify the very best that the human spirit can offer. I mean, that's great. That's good stuff right there. So, oh, yeah. For, um, nice, nice phrase to coin. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So you exemplify yeah. the very best that the human spirit could offer. Uh, Reed would end up winning the finals MVP uh, as well, becoming the first player to ever be All-Star Game MVP, regular season MVP, and finals MVP in the very same season. That year as well, he was All-NBA first team and All-NBA defensive first team as well. So that's just like... I mean, that's one of the better years in NBA. I mean, talk about yeah. just <laughs> cleaning up on everything. You win the title, All-Star Game MVP, regular season MVP, finals MVP, All-NBA first team, All-Defensive first team. Like, there's what else? <laughs> you know, what, what else are you going to get? That, that's everything right there, man. So that, that's just 1970 uh, puts a stamp on just an all-time, all-time great season there and, and just a, a monumental game and, and, and an infamous game uh, for Willis Reed. 1970 NBA Finals, Game 7. All right, yeah, next we will go to the beginning. We will talk about Willis Reed's NBA debut, October 17th, 1964. Reed begins his NBA career with 15 points and 22 rebounds in a four-point loss to the Lakers. Now, that may not seem like a big deal in and of itself, but you got to remember the Knicks, they're the dregs of the league. They've been the dregs of the league for a long time. You know, the prior season, they were 22 and 58. You know, they don't dramatically improve right away, but they do improve by nine games with Reed being there clearly have a star on their hands 
And really, you know, this is the beginning of taking the Knicks from you know, being a perennial last place team. I mean, looking at the same years that the Celtics were great, you know, the Knicks are in fourth place almost every single season, you know, from 57 to 66. Uh, they, you know, they make the playoffs one time during that stretch. They're just in, you know, they're under 30 games one for five, six straight seasons. So they're bad. And, um, you know, they finally got have a player who brings back respectable, good, and eventually great basketball into New York and really, you know, sets the foundation, you know, along obviously with the, with the other guys who came in, you know, um, you know, obviously Frazier and Bradley, et cetera, um, turns. It's important for the NBA because the NBA being cool and being hip and being big in New York pays huge dividends for the league. Uh, some of that, you know, right away, some of that, you know, further down the line, but um, you know, I think the Knicks were the first that had any kind of cachet in pop culture, you know, significant cachet in pop culture um, because of you know, just the fact of being in New York and be, because of the, the team that they were. And obviously Reed was the center of that team. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this uh, is a, uh, is a, a small light that uh, a spark that eventually, you know, turns into, you know, one of the great teams in NBA history. Yeah, yeah, and 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 a good thing to, or something to note here about Willis Reed is you know he makes his debut here, you know starts out with fifteen and twenty two, and it's like oh okay, good little you know, not bad for a second round pick. Now we we said of of course right. second round pick is you know top ten pick still, but but sure. still you know <laughs> they passed on him once and and nine other teams passed on him, so that, you know it's okay, and he pretty much wouldn't look back. Uh, he would score double figures over his first seventeen games. Uh, and he finished the season with 51 double-doubles as well. Right. So it was like pretty much from day one, they're like, yeah, this Reed guy's pretty good. And then he was just yeah. pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he never, he never until the injuries obviously, you know, sucked, you know, most of his athleticism and, and, and his ability to play out, you know, over those last couple of years. He pretty much showed up day one. He was good. And then he was good for, you know, <laughs> a decade plus after that. So uh, it's not bad. Not, not a bad draft pick then. Not too bad. No, definitely. Uh, we'll go to uh, March fifth, nineteen sixty five. It's his first forty point game, and you know, obviously, we just talked about how previously, you know, or, uh, how quickly I should say, Reed uh, acclimated himself to the NBA uh, and immediately became the next top star. He'd make it even more glaring and official in March uh, when, he, in his seventieth game as a pro, he's only seventy games as a pro. He scores forty six points against the soon to be NBA Finals bound Los Angeles Lakers. We talked about his debut against the Lakers. Now we talk here. I mean, he's delivering against the Lakers, which are you know one of the better teams in the league at this point. And now you know Reed's Knicks are again going to lose by two, but that's okay. It's not from a lack of effort from Reed, and that's still better than what they were doing years prior, where like you said, they were just not very good at all. Uh, he scores uh, forty six points, grabs twenty two rebounds, he shoots seventeen of thirty three from the field, uh, and twelve of thirteen from the free throw uh, line. And uh, Reed's performance does put him in a, a pretty rare class uh, of rookies to score over 45 uh, points a game. I don't I don't know if I need to list every single one, but it's not a very big list. Considering the amount of rookies that have been in the NBA uh, all time, uh, scoring 45 points in a game as a rookie is 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 pretty uh, – uh, it's pretty rare uh, to do that, so uh, he's got it. You know, a bunch of other names. You could we'll, maybe we'll link it in there, but uh, I don't have to go through every single one. But Kelly Trapuka is on there, and Charlie Villanueva yeah. is on there too. So if you're thinking, oh man, not, but those are kind of the outliers. Otherwise, it's like the rest of the list is is I'd say about seventy five percent like real deal dudes. You know what I mean? There there yeah. there's a few guys thrown in there that aren't, but for the most yeah. part, the list is all really really good players. You got your Joe Barry Carrolls, you got your Brandon Jennings, of course, but you also got your George Mikens and yes. your uh, Ocean right. Baylor. So, right, right, exactly. So, all right, November 1st, 1967, Reed's only 
point game is also a revenge game. It keeps coming against the Lakers, man. Just something about these uh, games. He's sick the, of these uh, assholes. He's like, I'm yeah. done with these guys. I'm, we're not losing to these idiots right. anymore. We're done. Yeah, we're done. Yes. We are going to lose. I mean, we're going to lose and, a couple times, but I'm going to make it so we'd not lose to them. And, and well. Yeah, here we go. So this is a this is a win for the Knicks. 129 to 113. Reed scores 53 points on 21 of 29 shooting. Um, also grabs 18 rebounds. And so this had come after Reed and the Lakers had had what is a you know fairly um, infamous fight uh, during the Knicks home opener. There's there's video footage of this and it's it's pretty incredible. So it's their their home opener of the season. Um, basically Willis Reed just basically ends up fighting the entire Lakers bench. Um, first you matching up against, um, Rudy LaRusso throughout the game. Uh, he does a whole lot of elbows thrown his way. Um, during the third quarter, when there's some free throw shots going off, uh, LaRusso and Reed, they, they fight for position. Reed's mad because LaRusso hits him with one album too many. So Reed tangles up with him. LaRusso throws a big punch. Uh, this is happening right in front of the Lakers bench. So, so quickly, a bunch of re- Lakers race onto the court. Uh, Reed turns around in, in response to LaRusso's missed punch. And then Daryl Imhoff uh, from the uh, Lakers tries to grab Reed from behind. Uh, then LaRusso punches Reed during this time. <laughs> he gets mad. He yeah, I'd say. <laughs> dropping him to the ground. He then chases LaRusso to the, my, to the bench. Not you know, uh, hits gets two shots against him. John Block from the Lakers comes up. Also, try <laughs> a lot of guys try to stop. Try to be like, hey, let's just stop this. Uh, well, <laughs> Reed ends up blocking uh, and breaking Block's nose, um, and then Imhoff <laughs> comes up again and then punches him in the eye. He's he's uh, Imhoff is bleeding. Goes a bunch of Lakers, uh, but by this time. The Knicks have yeah, thank you. Hey, guys. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. welcome to the yeah. fight, guys. And take your time. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. And, and Bry from the Knicks jumping all over the Lakers. Uh, Reed gets LaRusso one more time for the Yeah, good. Yeah, you know what? Fuck. Yeah, screw him. Yeah. Give him one more. Right. And then he throws any other Laker who came into the ground, including <laughs> uh, Hank Fink. So, yeah, Reed and LaRusso are, re- are ejected. So, uh, each fine $50. Oh, you know what, boys? <laughs> We're going to make this hurt. Here's $50. What's, I, I, I got to see what, what uh, 1967. I got to see what $50 yeah, is in 1967 worth, money. Because yeah. it doesn't seem like, like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> probably probably like, like $300 maybe. You yeah, know, that's um, what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. How much yeah. is yeah. $50? So, <laughs> I'm not good with inflation calculator, but yeah. Uh, $451.85. Oh. So, All yeah, right. that's yeah. That's, that's not that that's, much. That's, yeah, yeah. So, yes. So, at this point, Dolph Shays, I, he was the head of the uh, NBA referees. I guess he was part of the uh, discipline. Uh, he debated suspending Reed, but just but the, thankfully the Knicks had footage of the encounter, and since it was clear that LaRusso had started, Reed was cleared. No, um, no fight. He uh, Reed would later tell his teammates that he they should never try to restrain him in a fight, um, and that you know he it, because uh, basically at one point he was restrained during a fight with his college and somebody in the 
crowd took a chance at the bottom of him, said that if they ever tried to restate him, they could they could expect a little of what he gave to the Lakers. So. Yeah, well, and in this in this fight, like Imhoff, you know, tried to like you know wrap his arms around and then really Russo threw a punch at him during that time. So it was like, all right, so yeah, he, he's going back to college where somebody throws a bottle at him after he gets restrained. In this fight, he gets restrained and he gets a punch thrown. So he's like, yeah, you get, one of you guys touches me, I'm decking your asses too. You're all going down. So it's like you know, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Could you imagine that happening today? Like, oh, God. Yeah, that. Reed is gone. Yeah. He is yeah. out of the league. Yeah, probably like 50 games or something, you know. Um, but, but yes, well, uh, yeah, it, it, you it, people should YouTube that. It's I'm sure it's available. It's That's a, a, a that's pretty nuts. I, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's like, you know, um, Mouse Palace level nuts. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's that's at one of the most intense fights I've ever seen. Yeah, full-on brawl between two teams and yeah. one guy just like throwing guys left and right. It's it's yes. it's something for sure. And uh he he did uh uh there was in uh, 1977 uh they they did an interview with Reed for Sports Illustrated and then he says they said I should be banned. All I got was an ejection and a small fine. Nothing like what they give out now. Jeez, he thinks in 1977 <laughs> it's nothing like they give out now, man. Yeah, right. Uh you would know what would happen if someone did that all today. He said would a, a full $10,000 be a good guess? is what the uh, Sports Illustrated uh, reporter asked. Um, yeah, I don't know. If, if if that fight, again, like you said, if that happens in 2023, I mean, it's not $10,000. It's it's millions upon millions. And like you said, he's gone for 50 games, 60 games a year. Who, who knows? Who knows? And, and and it's funny that, you know, when you think of, of the Knicks and brawls, you know, it's the 1990s Knicks that come to mind. But, hey, let's give a little credit to, you know, Willis Reed going out and taking down yeah. the whole Lakers by himself. Right, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. 
next, what, what do we got next? Rich? Yep, next we got December 20th, 1968, beginning of what I'm calling the Dynasty. So it's not a particularly special game uh, for Reed individually. He only has 12 points and 8 rebounds in 23 minutes. But with new Nick, Dave DeBusher debuting, uh, and they uh, they beat uh, the Pistons pretty well. <laughs> uh, they beat him by 48, which is a, a, a not a bad way to uh, to win. Uh, a 500 team suddenly became a juggernaut. They f- would finish the season uh, 54 and 28, uh, their best season since their last finals appearance all the way back in 1953. And like we talked about earlier, the Knicks now had their core. It was Reed. It was DeBusher. Uh, it was veteran guard Dick Barnett. It was Walt Frazier. It was Rhodes Scholar Bill Bradley. They also had contributions all up and down the bench. Cassie Russell, Phil Jackson, Earl Monroe, and Jerry Lucas, they were ready to go. Uh, and DeBusher was also uh, DeBusher was also the missing piece because he allowed he allowed Reed uh, to shift full time to center. And again, Reed's numbers didn't change all that much, but you know the Knicks it just kind of worked better for the whole lineup. DeBusher was there to be another big man. Reed could go to center, and yeah, you see what happens. You know the Knicks become the new team of the early seventies for the NBA, uh, and they were a great defensive team. Uh, as well, and they would have two championships and three finals appearances over the next five years. And yes, yeah, stiff competition from the Bucks, the Bullets, and the Celtics, uh, as well as meeting up with historically great Lakers teams in the finals as well. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of when it all gets unlocked. And and again, like that individually, not a, a huge game for Reed, but just kind of is like, okay, now we're off to the races here, and now we're going to start. You know, really, you know, Reed's going to become the stuff of legends here by winning two titles and and, and making three finals over the next uh, five years. Right. Yeah, and, and I think the. I mean, I think the key thing is it, you know, it allowed them to have improve their defense um, because uh, especially uh, Bellamy was not strong on that end and they were able to have better interior defense. And also they just, their sense of connectedness, being able to play together uh, the ball, you know, um, balancing between the players rather than being dominated. Um, that was a better fit for them as well. I mean, yeah, it, it was just a, it wasn't like they necessarily won that trade in talent, but they won it on chemistry um, for sure. So, Definitely. All right. Uh, next, we have November 28th, 1969. The Knicks win their 18th game in a row, breaking the NBA record at the time. Reed had 19 points and 13 rebounds. This is against the Royals. Uh, they would improve to 23-1 in that season and what would end up being their 60-win championship series season, excuse me, 60 win championship season. They broke the BAA NBA record of 17 games in a row set by the 47 Washington Capitals and matched by the 1960 Boston Celtics, who were both coached by Red Arbach. Uh, the Knicks record eh, would only last for one season. The 1971 Bucks would win 20 in a row. And finally, a coach not named Red would have uh, a that winning streak. And then a season later, the Lakers would demolish it by winning 33 in a row. And overall now, there have been 14 teams who have won 18 or more games in a row. And this is only counting single season streaks because multi-season win, win streaks are a stupid thing. To Thank you. Yes. Yeah, they're dumb. I hate them. Right. Yep. I, I, I think they're really stupid. And, and They are incredibly stupid. Yes. yes. Thank you. I'm, I'm, yes. I'm very glad. All right. Yeah, eighteen in a row at that. Uh, you know, nineteen sixty nine is great, but yeah, it is pretty wild that there has been as many of those as there have, and and, and the fact that like immediately <laughs> there was already a bunch of them. I wonder why that was. I I wonder if it was just you know the 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 parity in the league, you know, kind of changing or expansion or whatever. But yeah, it's pretty wild that just immediately a bunch of these teams start railing off, you know, really really long win streaks. Yeah, I, I mean, I would think expansion probably is the primary reason. I mean, there's just there's easier teams to beat now. Certainly, there was a. You know, there was also the situation of teams, you know, breaking wins records and, um, you know, the best teams winning 60 plus games, which had been very rare 
um, yeah. up until then. But, you know, for a few years, that was happened much more commonly. So, yeah, that'd be my best guess. Um, you know, and then, and, you know, also there were some just really strong individual players. Um, I mean, Kareem obviously was, you know, was there who just uh, were kind of a casting shadow of the game. I actually talk a little bit more about that um, in a couple of segments, but the next one we're going to talk about February 2nd, 1971 career high, 33 rebounds at 610 reads one of the big best big men of generation, but he was never like truly, I mean, he was a very good rebounder, but he was never like the best rebounder. He was top 10 in rebounds per game, seven times, never better than fifth, although he did finish his career 12th all time in rebounds per game at 12.9. So, um, but it was never like quite you know, that that prolific single game rebounder, you know, guys getting like 25, 30 rebounds in a game. He didn't have that as, as, um, as often as some, he, there were 154 games during his career where there was 30 plus rebounds in a game. And he only did it twice. Uh, Wes Unsell did it four times during that time. Nate Thurman did it 16. Bill Russell did it 25. Dre Lucas did it 16 times and Wilt did it 68 times. There's always a Wilt stat. There's always a Wilt stat. Yeah. You're like, Oh, 25 times (laughs) (laughs) over the course of the, that's not, Oh, Wilt did it 68 times. Okay. All right. So he did it more than all those guys combined because of course he did because it's Wilt. Yes. Uh, Yes. And several other guys did it a bunch, but Reed, it was twice. And and then his career high on this date uh, with 33, uh, achieving it against the uh, Cincinnati Royals. He's beating up on the Royals too. It's the Royals and the Lakers. They just keep, uh, beating up on 115 to 108 was this game also 27 points in that in that game not well. a bad game so, yeah not bad at all um yes his career um his career high of 30 uh had had been achieved november or his prior career high in 30 rebounds had been achieved november 12 1970 in a tight 101 110 108 loss to the bullets uh, he also had 34 points to go with the 30 boards so he, he liked the uh the you know close to 30 30 yeah, he really did. Yeah, there's a lot of those yeah. games where you, where you go, yeah. and they're all yeah, pretty uh, yeah. uh, impressive games there. And well, yes. hey, speaking of April second, nineteen seventy, he is in the playoffs here, and Jason, he's going to score thirty six points and thirty six rebounds. Nice even a little yin and yang yeah. there. I, li- I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, dominant game for the MVP puts the Knicks back on track versus the Bullets after having lost games three and four. Uh, which yeah, man. Imagine NBA history changing there. The, ball, the Bulls just you know beat uh, uh, the Knicks there. But uh, the list yeah. of guys that have had 36 and 36 in the playoffs, it's just Willis Reed and Will Chamberlain. Of course it's Will Chamberlain. Come on. Of course it's yeah. Will Chamberlain. You're thinking, oh, just Will. No, of course it's Will Chamberlain. He had uh, uh, 42 and 37 uh, on March 27, 1962 in a win uh, versus Boston. If you go to 30-30, uh, then your list does open up a little bit. You got Reed, uh, Kareem, Russell did it four times. Moses Malone uh, did it in the ABA. Uh, and Wilts, he did it 12 times, so 30-30, right. because of course Will yeah. Chamberlain did it. Way more times than everybody else. Uh, and the Bolts and the Knicks, they had a nice little rivalry here. They met six years in a row in the playoffs with the Knicks winning all but one of those. Man, what a gut punch there. 1960, uh, the Knicks sweep the number one seeded Bullets. 1970, obviously the Knicks win in seven and route to you know winning the NBA title. Uh, 1971s, the Bullets upset them in seven games to get back on track for them. Uh, 1972, the Knicks win in six. 1973, of course, the Knicks are going to win in five and get another NBA title. And then in 1974, the Knicks are going to win in seven again. But what's weird about this, I, I, I think just unbelievably bizarre, is that these franchises have not met in the playoffs since. And it's been nearly 50 years. We're talking 1974 to 2023, and the Knicks and the Wizards just 
can't be good at the same time or align in the seating the right, right time. It's That's just really it weird. doesn't quite work out. Yeah. It's mostly been not good at the same time uh, yeah. for, for most of it. But yeah, and neither. Yeah, that is really, really bizarre. I, well, I didn't have a chance to look, but I'm curious uh, if we could find any instance of uh, two teams who have had a longer who've met in the playoffs, but have a, had a longer um absence of that i mean if the team in different conferences obviously but right right yeah you you could you could maybe buy it if it's like oh well the wizards were you know in the west for you know eight years or ten years now they've been in the east and and it's just yeah Yeah. they've never really been good at the same time when the knicks were good in the 90s the the bullets were you know they they were okay i guess there was a few times they could have gotten close but yeah I, i think one of the big issues is that like neither of them have been really good because you have a much bigger chance of of you know meeting in the in the conference finals or the conference semis or whatever but yeah most of the the Wizards over the last you know twenty or so years, yeah, they don't you know don't really make long playoff runs. And the Knicks, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't either. So right. that probably you got to get real lucky. And it's like not like you know one of those teams is really vying for the number one seed a whole lot of times either. So they're kind of always in the muck. And yeah, one of them just always finds a way to lose early in the in the playoffs. So uh, yeah, unbelievable has not happened in, in nearly fifty years. And, and Jason, uh, looking at the Wizards right now, I don't think it's going to happen for a little while. No, uh, no. Knicks, right. uh, Knicks are fun. Knicks are in the playoffs. Knicks yeah, are having yeah. some fun. Wizards, Knicks, yeah. 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 They're the Wizards. <laughs> Bradley Beal's good. Yeah. Still, still good. Um, yes. All right. So now, April 13th, 1970, not long after our last game of 36 and 36, in fact, 11 days later, it's like, oh, yeah, you're moving on for the Bullets. Well, the Knicks, now you got to take on the Bucks. Now you got to take on rookie Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Guess a rookie, but part of this new generation of big men coming into the NBA. Bill Russell's retired. Well, Chamberlain's no longer quite as dominant of a force. Guys like Dave Thurman, Walt Bellamy, Jerry Lucas are all nearing 30. Now you've got these young Lions. You got Elvin Hayes. You've got Wes Unselt. And you're going to be having soon guys like Dave Cowens. Bob Lanier about to bring a new level of athleticism and skill to the game. But of course, none of them are greater force than Karim Abdul-Jabbar basically single-handedly turns the Bucks into a title contender. You know, they, they go from, they, they go from being near the bottom of the league to 54 wins, uh, you know, battling against the, the Knicks in the playoffs in their division at this point, the, the Bucks, of course are in the East. They would be in the West in the seventies and then go back into the East in the eighties. Um, so this was that was this was their only playoff um, series. It's been interesting to see what would happen, of course, if the Bucks had ended up staying in the East, and then these two teams had chances to battle, you know, every uh, every season or so in the Eastern playoffs. That that would have been interesting. Yeah, uh, historical difference. Because we would have seen what would happen there. But at this at this point, you know, Reed's kind of like right in the middle of that generation gap. He's twenty seven, so he's a little bit closer to the old guard than the new. But he's you know he's right in the middle there. But does his best to fend off the future greatest of all time contender. Um, this is the Eastern Division Finals. The Knicks won 60 games. The Bucks were 56. So they're very close. Game one in, in, went in favor of the Knicks, but take a valiant effort from New York to keep control of the series. And while Kareem couldn't be stopped, 38 points, 23 rebounds, and 11 assists, Reed nearly as equal, 36 points, 19 rebounds. The Knicks win by one, 112 to 111, end up taking this series in five games. And overall, yeah, Reed's averages are 27.8 points per game, 12.2 rebounds per game, three assists per game. They're not as gaudy as Kareem's, who were just unbelievable, 34.2, 17.8, <laughs> and 4.8 assists per game. But the Knicks' advantage as a team overall meant that 
Reed only really had to be respectable, better than respectable, just, just very good. And he was much more than that in order. Right. And you know, so he was able to, you know, he, he wasn't out dueling him in terms of the numbers, but he was making it hard for him. He was putting up his share. He was doing what the team needed uh, him to do. And of course he could rely on a, on a better, uh, you know, cast of uh, characters around him than Kareem could at that point. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's one yeah. of the things that, that when you look at Reed's like overall numbers and his career numbers, you might be like, yeah, those aren't that. But then you got to look at the Knicks teams that he was on, and those teams go like nine deep with like really, really good players, like right. super, super, I don't know, maybe even ten deep with, with you know, supremely skilled players sure. uh, and, and some all-time greats on there. So yeah, it's, sometimes it's like, yeah, I mean, Reed's obviously, like you said, 27.8 points per game, 12.2 rebounds per game uh, is fantastic. Again, you might look at Reed's overall, you know, the the, the sub 20 you know points per game in his career but then you look at like you know the guys that he was with during you know the prime years of his career and it's like yeah th- those are very very good i mean those Knicks teams you know have gotten the reputation for a reason and, and a big part of it is just because they were just so so well oiled and just yeah just top to bottom good i mean just the, so deep uh with, with with good skilled players coming off the bench and and all five guys in the starting lineup too could all contribute in some ways so yeah it's gonna you know take your numbers down a little bit but the success speaks for itself Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, all uh, good things come to an end. Uh, 1973, mm-hmm. near the end of his career, a finals MVP. Yep. Yeah, he has 20 and, and 10 uh, in games three, four, and five. And as, as we mentioned, you know, a little bit earlier, he's, he's hobbled by injuries uh, at this point. He's no longer the force that he had been previously. Uh, you know, obviously the medical in the NBA uh, in those days and players like, you know, one major injury or a pretty big injury in those guys, you know, especially one with to your leg was like pretty much a death knell for, for your career. You just, you know, eventually just played on it. You just kind of gutted through it if you could, but a lot of guys just their, their athleticism got sapped, their ability to just get onto the floor got sapped and their just ability to be, you know, what they were uh, got sapped. And, and Reed, unfortunately is, is, is no exception to that. As, as we'd say, you know, he'd missed most of the 1972 season, uh, didn't play in the playoffs and now in 1973, he does come back here and the aging Knicks, you know, they're, they're rapidly aging here and they're not quite the force that they had been, uh, but they did manage to upset the 68-win Celtics in the Eastern Finals uh, to make it to the championship round. And then uh, Reed himself, he had played most of the 1973 season, but but as we talked about earlier in the show, at this point he was kind of just like, hey, I'm kind of here, I'm kind of just another guy on the team, that, you know, you don't really need me to be the man or whatever. And his averages go down to 11 points per game uh, and 8.6 rebounds per game. As, you know, he's in the end of his career and he's only going to play one more season basically uh, after this. However, just like Bette Midler, he went and saved the best for last because the Knicks five-game NBA Finals win over the Lakers. Reed was like, fuck that. I'm going to beat these assholes one more time before I get out of here, especially in the last three games. All wins by the Knicks. He averages 20.3 points per game, 11 rebounds per game in, three, uh, in games three, four, and five. Earns his second NBA Finals MVP, solidifies his team legacy, and gets another ring. So, yeah, just vintage read there being like, no, I'm gutting through this, and I'm going to beat these guys one more time. And, and he absolutely does it. And just, yeah, stamps his way into, like, you know, NBA immortality with the two Finals MVPs, two titles. I mean, I, I think even the 1970, just that season may have been enough. But the fact that he comes back a couple years later and does it here also does it as Finals MVP. It just helps his legacy so, so much more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that 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 second one. And you look at like again the the Knicks. I mean, you look at what the guys averaged um, there. I mean, Bradley is eighteen point six uh, points, four point eight rebounds, three point four assists. Frazier sixteen point six points, six point eight rebounds, five point two assists. Reed sixteen point four points, nine point two rebounds, 
Um, Monroe, 16 points, three <laughs> rebounds, four assists. DeBusher, 15 points, 11 rebounds. That's incredible. Like, everything is so, like, any of those five guys, you know, numbers-wise, you could have made the argument for um, any of them being MVP. Obviously, I've watched the video. Um, would want to you know, dig in a little more and get the accounts of, of um, who you might have thought. But you, certainly, you look at those numbers. It's not like Reed robbed somebody else, obviously, on who he could have been MVP. I mean, he very much was credibly the best player on his team and in that series. Um, and, and Chamberlain, you know, um, you know, he had a, a fairly good series, but only, you know, 12 points per game, 18.6 rebounds per game. Uh, you know, that was the end of his NBA career too. So he, um, you know, so doing his job on the defensive end as well, um, to do so. So yeah, that's certainly a great, um, a great end to his NBA career. Good, good caps. So it's only 30 at this point. So he only played till yeah. age 31, you know, which, uh, is just, uh, you know, it's hard to beat. And yeah, you try to compare him, you know, numbers wise by modern players. Um, you know, you kind of, because he didn't have that longevity, you know, it loses a little something in the translation, but yeah, he was a force. He was, um, you know, he was, we haven't had a chance to talk too much about it, but in terms of just like the respect that he had and the way that he kind of kept that culture together and, um, you know, was sort of the, the heart and soul of that team, um, really was just a special player and and a special guy. Definitely going to be missed. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Just a uh, uh, just a, a, a legend in the NBA. Just it's just an all time great. Uh, playing obviously, you know, playing in a, in a major media market made and like you said, became the you know the star of the Knicks and and, and a team that's had dozens of books about them, documentaries, right. all that sort of stuff. A, a, a very a justifiably glorified team, but a team that like, yeah, you know, you know, just gets a, a lot of publicity because of playing in New York or whatever. But it's also like we talked about a lot of other things. Willis Reed being Willis Reed, you know, you know, helped out a lot. And the team yeah. being as deep as they were and and and, and being, you know, everybody getting in and all helping to try to, you know, turn things or, you know, everybody, you know, sacrificing their numbers or sacrificing whatever to come together to win, you know, two titles or whatever. It, it's, you know, it's the stuff of legends that, that, that kind of works out. So, so again, it's a team that's like, and, and, and Reed's career uh, and some of the stuff, you know, both, both sometimes overrated, but then also underrated and, and probably just, you know, maybe just properly rated, you know what I mean? Willis Reed and, and the Knicks, maybe just properly rated because uh, just really, really cool stuff. And, and uh, yeah, it's a shame that, that he passes away and it's, it's, Starting to happen a lot more, man. When yeah. we when we started the show, I remember it was like you know I think we were up to Wilt and and you know in terms of NBA MVPs who had passed away and 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 a lot more have have you know since in the last you know nine years or whatever right. uh, have passed away and it's it's unfortunately going to be a lot more coming in the next few years. Sure, sure, yeah, uh, yeah. Going back to the Knicks, I mean, I think that yeah, I mean they really are, uh, you know, they they did help make. Um, the NBA matter in New York and helped um, solidify. I mean, I think the Knicks still have a legacy, you know, are still kind of seen as a glamour team. I mean, obviously part of it is just the inherent fact that they're in New York, but I think those Knicks set a standard that really no one on has ever been able to approach in, in New York. I mean, even those nineties Knicks teams, you know, and they, they certainly um, live on a lot of people's memories and, and they're certainly, um, and or around them in a different way, but um, yeah, no one has ever been able to exceed that standard. But they set that standard um, at a really important time for the league, and and got the the league overall on a different plane thanks to the way they played, um, the fact that they were New York and got some attention, making um, 
you know, at least for a brief period of, of time, making themselves and making the NBA kind of seem cool. And uh, of course that paid dividends, you know, down the road. I mean, you know, they, you can think of a lot of the way that, um, Showtime later promote, you know, the Lakers were made promoted as Showtime and how, um, you know, they took a lot of what, you know, was sort of there with the Knicks and sort of applied them to the Lakers a little bit in terms of, um, you know, the, those teams, a lot, a lot of parallels yeah. between those, obviously not as long lived and in a different time. So it doesn't quite have the, the same. And yeah, you, you kind of talk about the books that have been written about the Knicks and, and I've enjoyed a lot of them. When the garden was eaten. Oh yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And they're they're great. Really, really good ones. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm kind of like, Oh, I wish, you know, we'd write books about other teams and, and <laughs> right, some right. good ones have come out, but um you know, unfortunately, like the, the, the 70s Washington Bullets, you know, don't, just don't uh, engender that same type. No, of, probably not selling uh, as many books. Yeah, harder harder no. to go to into a, a a room and and a meeting and say, I'm going to write about the Washington Bullets. Right. <laughs> what do you yeah. think? And they're going to yeah. say, Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> yeah, even though you know they they were you know they had some success and you know were important to the city of DC at least for a short period of time. But yeah, it doesn't have the same staying power. But yeah, I mean, these days were special, no question about it. And sometimes you know you kind of like you know. Uh, you know, grown a little bit of like, oh yeah, another Knicks team getting, um, you know, uh, <laughs> getting that. But at the same time, yeah, they were special. They were great. Reed was an incredible player, and um, and yeah, it's just sad to see. Yeah, as, as we're doing the show, as we're getting older, as the NBA legends are getting um, older, you know, we'll uh, we'll we'll see more guys uh, leave us. But you know, we always do our best to try to uh, help them be remembered and, and give some context as to why they were great. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a a fun thing for us to be able to do to go back into it. It's, it's sad, of course, but it's also a good opportunity for us to uh, get a little bit deeper into the career of, you know, one of the greats. Right. It's always one of those things that it's like, it sucks that it takes, you know, Willis Reed passing away for us to do a Willis Reed episode, but it's also right. like, you know, the, the, the good thing is that we can, you know, do this thing and, and we, and we can then dig into these people, maybe appreciate them a little bit more. It's always, you know, yeah, you want to appreciate them a little bit better. Uh, if if you can, you know, while while they're you know still alive, but but yeah, it's just you know, it's just unfortunately kind of the way it goes. Is sometimes we'll forget about guys or, or, or not focus on people, and then when they pass away, but sure. the fact that we just don't go, oh okay, and, and shrug and move on with our lives, the fact that then we, you know, us and other people then start really digging in, going, okay, let me learn about this guy and and, and study the history and, and and the background. That's that that makes it really really cool. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. Of course, you can uh, find us at overandbacknba.com. All of our past episodes, we've got some great stuff. If you want to go more in depth on the uh, 70s Knicks or um, other topics from the 70s, we did a great series of podcasts on the 70s. Uh, if you're if you're new to us, there's a whole, whole archive of eight or nine years of, of shows now that we've done more than 300 of uh, great uh, discussion of uh, NBA history, all kinds of topics. If you're into that, I think you've uh, found a good home. Uh, but uh, thanks to everyone who is uh, supporting us. Uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Over and Back NBA. If you want to uh, let us know what uh, you think of this episode or anything else, or just want to give us ideas, or just want to say nice things to us, we're uh, or if you want to say mean things to us, I would prefer you not do that. Yeah, but that's just we, cruel. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not. You can at least get one thing in before we block. So. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, all right. Well, until next time. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back again soon.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.